confused. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Something Super Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Mark. And I am your new host, John. All right, guys, so as you have heard, we have a new host. He's going to be our full-time host. His name is John. He is one of our long-standing friends. We took a break for a little bit because, as you guys are aware, uh, sometimes life gets in the way. And life definitely got in the way for pretty much all of us. So we broke down. We decided that we were going to take a mental break, restructure a little bit, get ourselves a third full-time host. It's going to be here every week so you guys have some consistency in your lives. So the big thing for us is we're going to hop right back in. We're going to start talking about what if, catch you guys up. I know the last thing we talked about was Star-Lord T'Challa, which was a fantastic episode. And what we're going to do real quick is sort of touch base on every episode since then and then prep you guys for what is to come. All right, guys. So, Mark, hit me with some knowledge on what we need to catch up on. So, I mean... Guys, I really do want to apologize. Like, we love doing this. It just wasn't in the time frame that we had going on. You know, everyone's got personal busy lives. But here we are. We're back. And since then, quite a lot of shit has happened in the MCU. You can say that. Uh, just not even just with What If. Just in the entire universe. We've had the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. You have Venom vs. Carnage. There's some spoilers in there if you haven't caught that yet. Um, with What If alone, we have... What if uh, the Mightiest Heroes all died, where we get to see Tony Stark die again? Uh, we have we had what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands, where he keeps going through basically a hell loop. We had what if zombies, where we get to see uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark die again and again. Uh, <laughs> One of my have, favorites. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, it's been. I think that's been the best episode so far. Zombies, like hands down, except for maybe the most recent one with Ultron. But then we got what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Where again, we got to see Tony Stark die again. I don't know if you're noticing a pattern, but we definitely are, and I have a theory as to why. And then we had John's least favorite episode: What if Thor was an only child? And we'll touch on that in just a moment. We'll give John his shining light on his debut episode. But <laughs> the most recent one we had is what if Ultron won, which I've been saying for however long, Steve, you could attest to this. I've been saying that Ultron was underutilized, that he they made him a bitch when really he's he's an Avenger level threat, like maybe bigger Absolutely. than an Avenger level threat in the comics. So, I think yeah, that's pretty much where we're at, though, so. So I think a big thing, you know, uh, just to sort of touch base before we actually get to the episode, uh, you know, and we sort of dive in, let's just talk about the Ultron movie. So the, the movie that they introduced Ultron as a, a character. Age of Ultron. Yes, but correct. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> Tony and uh, Bruce Banner were sitting there having a conversation. And. They deal Shield in of ifs. armor around the world. Yeah, well, but they deal in ifs. And, and I didn't necessarily say what if, but they deal in uncertainties, in what could be's. And I think that, obviously, while it's not a direct correlation to this, I think it had a huge factor in sort of what if this happened, you know? They wanted to prepare for any of the what ifs. And that's sort of what Ultron's programming, his base set was. Obviously, he turned out to be a 
a carnivorous monster who wanted to just destroy the world because after spending five minutes on the internet, like most of us, you realize that, you know, I'm not really not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. I was going to say, who who wouldn't after that point, right? So, (laughs) you know, I mean, hell, the world went into like a a, a vortex of spiraling chaos because Facebook was down for a day. Like, let's get real here, guys. So, all right, back to what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? That's the first episode we're going to touch on. Uh, it's episode three of the series. So I think that was huge. Uh, I think that it was one of those episodes that really put a twist on some of the characters you've known and loved and some characters that we don't really know too much about, but it's an interesting take on their reactions to certain things. So before I get too spoily on us, John, uh, you've recently watched most of the episodes in succession. So what did you think of the world losing its mightiest heroes? All right. So that one actually drawing a blank on, I'm not going to lie. It's probably been a good two weeks, but from what I remember is that, um, uh, let's see. Was the murder Uh, mystery episode. That's correct. Murder mystery episode where uh, Romanoff was being accused of all the uh, deaths. Ah, here we go. It's coming back to me. All right. So where Dr. Romanoff was being accused of every, not Dr. Romanoff, but Agent Romanoff (laughs) was being uh, accused of all these deaths. Uh, The Hulk, the uh, uh, Hawkeye. uh, And just because she was around uh, at the whole, every single time. And it was very interesting. Even it was boggling me. I was like, how, who, who might this be uh, that's killing him off? Cause obviously agent Romanoff, you know, we all think that there's no way. And it, the, the ending was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty shocking for me. I didn't see this one coming uh, where uh, uh, Hope's father, Hank uh, Pym. Uh, came yellow the, jacket. Became yellow jacket. Uh, was the was was the one going around just killing everybody and uh that was a big one for me and that's because uh when he went back and he was he lost his he lost his daughter correct correct that's right uh hope in, in this in this what if uh episode that was that was a it was a revenge plot it was i'm gonna go around and kill every single avenger because you guys obviously couldn't save my daughter how can you save the world and this is what i'm gonna stick it to stick it to and it was it was awesome how fury kind of established that little that little what the bait and switch kind of thing uh at the end that was uh that was awesome uh if you guys when he was working with loki Yes, yes, that was that was awesome. And Loki's been a really a, a very prominent character in this. What if not even just what if, but uh, in Marvel Space uh, Four. lately yeah. in Space Four, Space Space Four. Sorry, um, <laughs> it's been it's been great to see his his development as a character. You know, we all we all met him as a just jerk a off, evil jerk. Yeah, jerk off <laughs> asshole. You know, like, ah, we can't wait for this guy to be done. He's going to be one and over. And we, he just never left. And he's starting to grow on me because you know what you can do? You can kind of can kind of relate a little bit, right? You can kind of think, you know, man, this guy's been through a lot. You know, we've all been through a lot. And he's 
he's you know taking it out but he also sees the good in everything that's coming and although we can also be jerk offs just like loki in the end he just can't really go that extra extra distance to really end it all for all of his enemies correct Correct. Now, you're right. You said something and it made me think. So you said Loki has been a prominent character, right? Mm-hmm. So we have Ant-Man and the Quantumanium coming out pretty soon. I believe early next year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe late next year. Yep. Have you guys also noticed that like during phase three, like Ant-Man, he had two movies, but like, he never played like a significant role in anything like in the greater scheme of things. But now, like this episode we're talking about, you have Hank Pym, who's like the villain. In the zombie episode that we're going to get to, you had Hope, who was pretty mm-hmm. much the hero. Like, do you think that this is just them trying to give them their due, or do you think they're trying to also build up hype for that movie, which could possibly, you know, we got Kang the Conqueror in the Loki series. Like, they that could be, have a major impact on all the multiverse going on, not just with Spider Man and Doctor Strange. I think they're going to focus on uh, the Ant Man mm-hmm. and uh, Wasp series. You know, there's all there's a lot of theories out there, which is kind of true because he's in another dimension uh, where he's one of the strongest Avengers. There's a huge theory on that to where he can go into this other dimension and just go. I mean, look, you saw Hank Pym just destroy the Avengers without even trying to without even trying. So what can he you know, what can Ant-Man and Hank and Hope, what can they all do? And I think they're going to focus on a little bit more series with them, whether it's their own movies or they, at least we got well, at least what one coming out at least that we know yeah. of. Uh, I mean, and I think we're going to see a lot of them involved because they are, in fact, one of the strongest. Yeah, let's be honest. We're at phase four with Marvel. At this point, every movie is an Avenger movie. You're, there's no <laughs> longer like just one Avenger in a movie. Now it's even just if it's a cameo, you're going to have two or three of them show up in the films. Absolutely. All right. So before we get too lost on that, let's touch base on Dr. Strange. If he lost his heart instead of his hands. And obviously we've seen it. If you uh, our listeners have seen it, you know, he didn't literally lose the organ, his heart. He lost the love of his life, Christine. And this is the episode in which we learn about absolute points, parts of time that cannot be changed. No matter what you do, Tony Stark's death. Yes, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that they've proven here. He dies in Endgame, which, okay, uh, you know, as you all know, I'm a huge Iron Man fan. I'm a big Robert Downey Jr. fan. was one of the most, like, gut-wrenching scenes for me to watch because that is the man that sort of started the MCU and, again, one of my favorite heroes. But the absolute point theory that this one thing or multiple things, I guess, across the timeline, no matter how you change time, space, etc., this thing cannot change and will not change. It will find a way to happen. So you saw Dr. Strange reversing time in this episode and trying to save her via not going out or driving a different way or, you know, eating at home, whatever the, the case was of his newfound plan. And then eventually he realizes that it's not going to happen he gets the explanation that there are the absolute points that cannot be changed so what does he do he decides to try to change the absolute point because that's how devoted this man is to the love of his life and where were these tva fuckers at while all that was going on 
Uh, so I think very much like, well, I mean, let, let's like, look at Wanda as a well, like Loki. Example. Loki, they made such a big deal, of like one little thing. This motherfucker's trying to change an absolute yep. point, and maybe they're like, "Oh, it's cool." Maybe that's why, though, because regardless, like if you went back in time and and helped Genghis Khan, he didn't need my help. Correct, but I'm saying, all right. So <laughs> you, you go back in time and you stop, stop Hitler from killing himself, right? That is a, a change in history that would, you know, cause the demise of America and possibly every other country in the world. But that is something that could possibly be changed. But if Hitler's death was an absolute point and he's going to kill himself regardless, then it really wouldn't matter if you changed it or not because it's going to happen. So he doesn't actually change anything because the, the truck that he almost crashed into doesn't crash. The people aren't in, like there's no one injured except for her. She's the only one that dies. So that is the absolute point, her death, regardless right. of how it happened. So I don't think the TVA would get involved because she still dies. Stephen Strange still becomes Doctor Strange. I mean, he eventually becomes Strange Supreme, but I think that was just due to his own, you know, misuse of the power. But yeah, I, I think because, and I could be wrong, he may or may not be a Nexus being. We haven't really touched on that yet in Phase 4, but if he's a Nexus being, there's nothing they can fucking do about it. You've seen Wanda. Wanda would fucking smash the TVA with a goddamn flick of her finger and nothing's going to happen. So uh, I'm curious to see how, you know, absolute points sort of make their way into phase four live action movies. Uh, I think it was pretty cool to see all of the monsters that he was fighting. Yeah, he was like summoning to kill, basically. He was just he was like, just you know, them. fodder. Just, you know, well, he tried fodder. it the nice way the first time and it just didn't work for him. Nope, and that's when he was like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. The well, he way. did let he Start did let small. the uh, he did let the bug go. He just robbed him. Yeah. He just took oh his yeah, cape. that was a good that was a good scene. He just took his cape like, no way, I'm not back. doing bugs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll take the cape though. Again, that was super cool. Like, so we see how he got his cape. We see sort of how he lost his control, and. uh you know, before we get too spoily, Doctor Strange or the Strange Supreme does make another appearance in a later episode. So, again, this sort of brought us back to the original Doctor Strange movie and how things would have panned out differently if he went down a bad path. So, sorry, I, I'm kind of trying to keep this all within a, a nice, neat box. I know we don't really do that here. Everything gets off the rails very quickly here. <laughs> oh, yeah. something super. Uh, but what do you guys have to say about that? I mean, you know, some quick comments, thoughts, feelings, concerns about the episode. That, that episode was very interesting. Um, it was, it showed just like you said, what would happen if you went down that, that wrong path. And you can see that throughout the, the episode for, he wasn't trying to become dark. He was just trying to save the love of his life. Yep. And it just, by going down the wrong path of doing Anakin Skywalker syndrome. Exactly. Anakin Skywalker syndrome. Um, that was a good reference there, Mark. And I, I thank you. You can see <laughs> the demise in, in oneself and it, it, with Dr. Strange at the end of the uh, movie and how, you know, at the end where he realizes, Oh no, what have I done? You know, I haven't just destroyed myself i destroyed everything around me and that's a great lesson you know, great great message you know that marvel kind of put in uh 
to show like its viewers like hey not only does its own characters go down the same path as what we all do today it's it's this is the reason why they don't do it you're not supposed to do it and uh it it was a great i I thought it was a pretty nice classic uh episode to really go down that yeah no i mean definitely for like being like still kind of like an ease into the series episode it was only episode four i thought that they took a lot of chances they swung really big and i think they hit it out of the park personally like you said john like we're seeing the heroes kind of like i feel like in phase one like they didn't really like acknowledge the damage that they were doing being heroes i guess you could say Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing them they're taking responsibility now for their actions like before like you had civil war they dropped an entire country out of the sky as a result from their actions and they were like oh we have to be policed now it's like yeah like after something like that yeah it's probably a good idea to have someone just kind of like you know checking you in and even then cap's like fuck that shit i'm out but talking actually because you (laughs) you think he would be the one yeah he's the boy scout and tony is the sort of like you know shoot from the hip type guy but tony was like no 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 we've done a lot of fucking damage here guys Right. Like you can see on the screens in Civil War, they like brought up each, you know, major incident that involved the Avengers and <laughs> how many people died, how many people were injured, like the, the fucking land lost, shit like that. Like it's fucking wild, man. Which is which is really which is really ironic because you know, let's go back on what we were talking about with us, you know, Age of Ultron, is that he wanted a whole suit of armor around the whole entire entire world right tony stark he didn't want anybody hurt he saw that his his weapons were killing their own soldiers and the people innocent people and he wanted everybody safe right he wanted to you know just make sure that nothing could come in and in turn he created the very thing that he was trying to protect the world of yep absolutely and honestly, that's what happens to Doctor Strange in this one, too. He becomes everything he doesn't want to to try to save the love of his life. And in it, like, yeah, he gets all this power, but, like, it's all for nothing because he still can't save her. Absolutely. It just goes to show you. Sometimes you just got to let it happen. So oh, here right. we go. John, you were saying this next one was your favorite episode, The Zombies. What ah, you got, man? The zombie one. That was a great one. I loved seeing, uh, I mean, personally, to you guys obviously you don't know, it's my first day, but zombies are my favorite, favorite horror, um, genre. October genre, everything. Like if you, if you put zombies over Michael Myers to Jason or anything like, no, 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 I'm the zombie guy. As cliche as it all sounds, <laughs> it might be a terrible, terrible movie or terrible TV show. I'm not going to quote it, but I still love it. Um, zombies are my thing so when i saw that the zombie zombie marvel was uh <laughs> was a actual episode i turned that thing right on right away that was my one of my first episodes i saw so seeing captain america as a zombie was interesting that was very that was very kind of funny actually uh you guys know on the train i'm going a little bit farther into the episode first uh while he's on the train and he just jumps right down and He's like, oh my gosh, Captain or Captain America, you're gonna you're gonna just eat this person, right? Now, <laughs> now that uh, that his shield came back and bit him in the butt. No pun intended on that one, which was great. I love seeing Marvel now. 
not being too PC and really just showing that blood and gore that it once showed in the comics. And have you read the zombie series? I haven't. And you know what? I got it. I got to I got to grab my hands on it. Both Marvel and DC both have a zombie series and DC it's called deceased. Mm -hmm. And then it's just Marvel zombies otherwise. But what did you guys think about, um, you know, you could see obviously clearly that Marvel and Disney listened to their fans because they kind of took a twist on the uh, Ant-Man up the Thanos butt (laughs) theory with uh, her flying into Sharon Carter after Cap was eating her. And then just like you said, the gorgeous pops her like a balloon. Yep. Yeah, I think that was huge. I think a big thing that you see here is Peter Parker steps up into, I want to say, almost a Tony Stark. Supreme. Yeah, besides the fact that he gets the cape and the cape (laughs) finds him worthy, he steps into his role as the leader of the Avengers, which I think is awesome because he's a kid. But he knows what needs to be done. I think that's one of the most important parts. And my takeaway from this episode is Peter really sort of broke down in the end and he was like you know you got to be positive like you have to keep the faith and you got to do what you got to do but you know maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel and as we get further into the episode we realize that uh they end up at the military base that vision is sort of hiding out in and he has a cure he has a cure for these zombies Unfortunately. except he is not <laughs> giving anyone the cure and that's because he is feeding his zombie girlfriend yes who can i just point out that i was so upset when with his face actually got killed by her for the baba yaga dude from oh yeah from, uh, like right. like he made it so far it was like in the suicide squad but the uh what was the name um the driver oh um is when it they're making the first one right first no, suicide the, squad with, with the no the newer one Newer one. Oh, I, yeah, I can't think of when, when, the, when they're in <laughs> when the he tower. dies, when he dies in the tower, and everybody's like, "Wait, who is this guy? <laughs> why was he? With, yeah, why was he with us? What was he doing? Holding the door?" <laughs> like, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, a big thing for me with this episode is it's canon now. Like Uncle Ben is in the MCU. Like this is the first mention or anything of Uncle Ben, which is kind of sad that it was in like a eulogy pretty much because they're like, how do you stay so happy? He's like, I don't have anyone left. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> shy of the briefcase, right, his uh, suitcase that he uses in Far From Home, that's really it. Like they don't even mention his name. Right. But no, I mean, I agree with you, John. Like, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not as big on zombies as you are just because. That's okay. Not a lot of people are. They think it's cliche and it's okay. <laughs> I don't think it's cliche. Like, enjoy what you're going to enjoy. For me, it's more of a scientific thing. And yeah. I'm just weird like that. But, I mean, I'm 100% with you, though. This has been, for me, my favorite episode just as far as, like, sheer enjoyment. I think the best episode so far has been the Ultron one. But my favorite episode has been the zombie one so far. Which, uh, you know, just moving on along. Steve, I know you're a big Iron Man guy, right? So this episode... How did you feel about Killmonger being the one that saves Tony? I thought it was interesting. So this brings us back to like day one, week one, beginning of Marvel, Iron Man 1. And I think it's huge. Uh, I love the, the fact, and I can say this about every single episode, they take like a shot for shot 
from the movie. They make it cartoon and then they kind of alter it the way they need to, obviously, for the episode. This was huge. The man that is playing Tony Stark, and obviously it's not Robert Downey Jr., but he sounds yeah, exactly. Sounds close enough. Like a lot of these people, a lot of their their voice actors sound pretty fucking close. And like, I'll give it to them. Like, it's awesome. So for me, this was, you know, bringing it right back to the beginning. It was a sort of nostalgic feel. But then when the Jericho missile is lands next to Tony, instead of him getting blown up and, and stuck in the cave and doing the whole thing, he gets saved by Killmonger. And then they work together, which obviously we know Killmonger is like a special forces guy. We know he's a bad motherfucker, but like he's a genius like a straight up fucking genius. And that's like rarely touched on, at least in the movies. And I think it's something that needs to be delved into a little bit further. Obviously in the, you know, MCU, Black Panther's dead, you know, RIP Chadwick Boseman, fantastic actor. Uh, This is the last series that he ever acted in, which I think was awesome. But I want to see that. I would like to see like the, the deep, dark, secrets of killmonger in the fact that he is fucking wildly intelligent like mit level tony stark level intelligent they built these things together they built the robots to, i mean obviously killmonger had ulterior motives here but they built them together and that's fucking insane so there's three things that i love about this episode that when like just that you mentioned like the robots and all so the first thing was that they actually keep it very accurate in Black Panther. He, they do mention that he does a tour in Afghanistan and it would have been right around the time that Tony Stark was there. So him like showing up, it's not like, oh, they just kind of like the way that I'm looking at like Ultron using the Affinity Stones. Now it's sure. kind of like tell the story you need that they can do what the story needs them to at this point, Absolutely. even though Loki just made the biggest deal about them being paperweights outside of their thing. But for me with this... <laughs> Like they just completely kind of forgot that rule unless they're going to morph it some other way. Yeah. But, that kind of like just dismantles the whole aspect of all these episodes, but let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. So the second thing that I absolutely loved was the fact that he's like, yeah, I'm an anime fan. And they, he made it look like Gundam because Gundam was one of Michael B. Jordan's favorite animes to watch. And his favorite one, which is one of my favorite ones, which is Dragon Ball Z is Going to the original Black Panther, he was like, look, I'm a huge anime fan. I love Vegeta. So they actually modeled his costume kind of off of Vegeta's Saiyan armor. Yep. Loved it. Huge fan of that. Um, Oh, and the driver's name was Milton. Milton. That's right. (laughs) Not to go off topic, but it just came to me. I was like, Milton. So, But Killmonger. He ends up basically tricking the Wakandan government into believing that he is on their side even though he planned the attack he's the one that led them there he had the kill switch to turn off the robots and then turn them right back on exactly and like this dude is so he's a master tactician now obviously given the proper motivation in the right direction he could be one of the biggest assets to the avengers but because he is in the position that he's in and now he is the new Black Panther. Like he took the herb, you know, he, he is the over. He's fucking OP as shit right now. Like, let's be fucking real. The dude's a genius. He's mastered 
multiple types of fucking fighting styles. And he's one of the strongest fucking people in Wakanda with all of their tech at his disposal. I'm sorry, man. It's fucking him and Ultron that I'm afraid of right now. I forget who it was. One of the breakdown channels that like I watch or I was watching something, reading an article on YouTube and they were talking about like his attitude in this episode. It's like every like three and a half or every four minutes, he double crosses somebody. Oh, like absolutely. it's just like one right after another after another after another like he's he's that's very impressive doing jujitsu it is cross like he's just like three steps ahead he's like all right i'm gonna double cross this person after i double cross this person after i double cross this person like, after i double cross this person well first it was Obadiah stain then after that he took out um he took out t'challa then after that then he double crossed tony then from there he took wow. out yeah, then he then he went and he took out Claw. He used Claw to get into Wakanda. Then he took out pretty much the Wakandans with his own tag. Like it was like one after another. It's just yeah, like, he's like dude. now. And uh, the, the great, the awesome thing is uh, from that whole thing, you see in the end that Siri, uh, T'Challa's little sister, or so I'm sorry, Shuri, uh, meets up with Pepper Potts, and. Mm-hmm. It kind of brings you back to like, okay, are we going to see that? Are we going to see that Iron Man suit again? Are we going to be seeing uh, them go against uh, uh, Killmonger? Or she become Ironheart in this universe? Yeah, like we. I'd like, like to see that. This is another sure is. example of uh, uh, Marvel listening to its uh, to its audience. Because yep. how many times have you heard, "Hey, how cool would it be to see a Killmonger as?" The next Black Panther, you know, how cool would, yeah. it, would it have been if he didn't die in the in the first Black Panther? You know, how would it, how cool would it have been to speak? You know what? He could have been the right. next one. And not that Shuri isn't going to be a great uh, Black Panther from what I believe she is going to be the new Black Panther. Is that confirmed? I think so I think that's like yeah. the, what they're moving towards. And I, I think, think it's like think 99% she, certain that that's the way they're going to go. And I think she's going to be an amazing Black Panther. I mean, her skills alone, she's probably, she's one of the smartest in, in Wakanda as it is. And I think she's going to be fantastic in Black Panther, in the next Black Panther. But this is another, uh, another example of Marvel. Listen to its uh, fans, Killmonger. What if Killmonger was the next Black Panther? And this is exactly what it went, it would have went is that, hey, it wouldn't have went the way that we wanted wanted it to because in the end he is evil sure or misconstrued right. i should say i mean there's a whole bunch of what what ifs out there oh yeah i mean the only thing that like i had against kind of like shuri being as i was like well you know like Brad Panther kind of needs some fighting skills but then we learned in this episode that her mother is like the general of the military Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, and Wakanda has a very female-led secret service, yep. military, everything. pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. So, but now that like I'm learning more about like the MCU Wakanda that we're getting, I'm like, okay, like Sherry probably does have some training. She's just probably just super smart and prefers to go the brainy way than the force way. Well, I mean, that's the the same as Iron Man. So you can sort of expect a an Iron Man esque Black Panther where it's I'm going to use the force that I need to, and I'm going to let my brain do most of the heavy lifting, which I'm cool with. It's different. Uh, all right. Now, John, we're going to jump immediately into your least favorite episode. What if Thor were an only child? <laughs> so, so I was, go ahead. I, hit me. I was Hashtag watching hot this. take. 
I was watching this in the uh, in my truck, waiting for my my daughter to get done gymnastics, and uh, and the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, all right, are you going for a you know frat you know audience to where you know college, or are you still going for that you know that younger audience, or are you going for the older audience? Where, where are you going with this? Because this whole half of that episode was just Thor partying, and it was kind of annoying. It was more along the lines of, yeah, Marvel can be funny. It's it's great when Marvel can be funny. But it was just, you know, it does go back to where we all know uh, the first Thor. Thor was, you know, very adolescent. He was rambunctious and out there to where, you know, he eventually lost the worthiness we all know about. Um, but here... He's the same. And when his mother finds out, now obviously Odin was the one that uh, took that took that power away from, from the hammer to be, even be able to lift it up. But he it was kind of just brushed off, you know, oh boys will be boys kind of a thing. And it was just like, come on, man, you're you're the movie itself, now it's the movie, and then you got the uh, comics, they're all different. But the movie itself, he was very, very, very strict on, you know, he was, he's becoming the king, you know. When Odin goes into his deep sleep, he's, he's ruling at that point, and it was just a joke. And so, I get it. I, I, I want to touch on that. I think that's because, and again, you know, I don't know, I am a, a middle child. So that might be it. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can completely understand where in the Thor movies, he is the middle child. He sort of has to do his own thing. The oldest sort of gets whatever they want. So obviously that's Hela. They're the first child. Uh, the, the middle child who is not knowing they're the middle child until they become the middle child is the youngest for a little while. And, you uh -huh. know, sort of hits on the, the oldest. And then after the middle child, you have the youngest. Well, Loki that's is the youngest. The order it goes in. Correct. That is uh, canonically the, the order it will go. With. But so when you have Loki, who is not only not a son of Asgard. Odin. Yeah, By great. the way, they're great with his character. I, yeah. I love that. I did the fact that he actually became a frost giant. Yes. That was awesome. And a prince, which was awesome. Uh, but well, so he was like, king at that point, wasn't he? I thought it was, or was he only prince? prince? I, was prince I think he was still prince. Yeah. Was he, he still a prince? prince. So yeah. like, you have Thor, who is the middle child, who sort of needs to like carve his own path. He is he's living in the shadow of his older sibling, who obviously we know is Hela, and his younger sibling is sort of getting away with fucking literal murder. Like let's let's we say that a lot of the times, you know, in the real world, like oh you're getting away with murder. Like no, Loki gets away with literal fucking murder. Just kills people whenever he wants to, and nobody fucking bats an eye. Whatever. They smack Unless him on the wrist. They send him to his room. Yeah, correct. So Thor has to be the the shining beacon of hope. But in this, Thor is the baby, which means Thor gets whatever the fuck he wants. Hell is out of the picture. Hell is gone. That's that's a thing that has been across the universe. Hella disappears, does her own thing, gets locked away. Riga goes like, on a tea date. Yeah, Thor is fucking doing his thing, man. He's all over the world. He's partying. He, you know, ends up on Earth because his dad's dead. Then he finally wants to go party with the other, you know people from the the nine realms and i think it was an interesting way to introduce him you know obviously jane like fawned over him and 
she immediately fell in love because it was good looking and this and that. And like, I thought it was awesome that not only was this, I mean, it's supposed to be Thor one, but he had people from every Thor movie, Korg included. Yeah. That came to earth and partied with him from across the cosmos. So this leads me to believe that because Loki was never in the picture, Thor did a lot of what he did one through three minus the fighting and, and triumphantness long before Thor one ever happened. At least he traveled. The, the I, I mean, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. You know, it's, it's a what if. So a lot of the things that, you know, did happen in the original timeline obviously didn't, or it did just a very, very sped up way. Sure. I just, uh, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I did love the fight between uh, Thor and Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I thought that was fantastic. I was He's very still not worthy. Nope. Yes. Now, now. I don't care what Man. Brie Larson says. She's not worthy. You wrong, Brie. Is that, is that, was that Brie Larson? Uh, Brie Larson said that Captain think, Marvel I don't think that is the strongest. The show. In, no, in an interview, she said Captain Marvel is the greatest of, or strongest Avenger and that she and that Captain Marvel is uh, able to lift Mjolnir, which is not true at all. She's only done it one time, to my knowledge, in the comics, and that's because Captain Marvel, like, fused with a zombie Thor. So she temporarily had the powers of Thor. It had nothing to do with her. She is not worthy. Brie Larson, you suck. That's my rant. <laughs> well, that's a little, I can see that he, uh, <laughs> a little deep on this one. He got a little deep. <laughs> <laughs> the knife cuts deep on that one, yeah. I think there definitely could have been a better better female actress for Captain Mar Captain Marvel, not America. Sure. Um, <laughs> definitely. It was definitely a little bummer. I mean, the, the movies were good, but her acting wasn't that great. Her only, I, I guess, her only memorable line that i remember it was m game or end game where she says hi peter parker which was a pretty good pretty good line that's about it that's all i really cared for with her with her character throughout her movie and uh end game i disagree with you i think so i don't think brie larson was a bad actress i think she's a bad person that's me. <laughs> she's not Amber Heard. <laughs> we went dark quick. <laughs> now, let's put it this way. She's not Amber Heard. Yeah, correct. She's but, not beating yeah, no, no, her no. husband. But yes, no, that, <laughs> to unfortunately. I think if... So here's the thing, ma'am. I'm not saying she's, like, out here kicking puppies and, like, promoting bad stuff on the internet. You just need to learn your place in the Marvel Universe. And you are not that person. So, like, if I, you know, if, if I played Tony Stark and then I, you know, I'm, I'm Iron Man. Cool. Awesome. But if I come like back to the real world where we all live and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm the strongest Avenger. I can do whatever I like. I am wrong because right. I am it, because it is wrong. Like the things that are coming out of my mouth is just utter bullshit. And like, let's call it what it is. It's bullshit. She is not the strongest Avenger. She is one of the strongest Avengers. But let no I mean, argument. Yeah, fucking Christ, Wanda Maximoff would wipe her off oh, the face of the fucking earth. Without question. Ultron. I mean, or well, Vision. Gray. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll call him Vision. Yeah, Jean Grey. And we're we're talking fucking people that haven't even been introduced to the fucking MCU yet. Would straight fucking wipe their ass with her. But Easily. she is strong. I'll give her that. Is she worthy to hold Mjolnir? 
No. Do I think that they waited far too long to bring her into the movies because there was a lot of threats that she probably could have helped out with? Absolutely. And for that, I think you're an arrogant, egotistical prick. <laughs> we needed you. You let the world almost get fucking destroyed a bunch of times. And then you came down and you were like, you know what? I guess this is good enough for me. Well, I'll hold on. Help out. I- I- I'll put a stop on that. Is it really, you know, not Brie Larson, but Captain Marvel. Is it really Captain Marvel's fault? I mean, did she know all no, those so- times with Ultron and... And Loki just trying to, you know, take, yeah. did she know? Yes. But it's, she in, it's insinuated she did because they were like, well, where were you? And she was like, well, there's other planets that don't have an Avengers. Correct. So, so she, it was kind of like. Okay. I do remember that, that. That. Okay. So, so it's again, insinuated she knew what was going on, but she didn't feel it was worthy of her to come down and help with Correct. because the event, they like she had faith that the Avengers would handle it. And, and they like, did. She trusted Nick Fury. Correct. So. And that's, I'm not saying she's wrong for that. I'm saying that Brie Larson is wrong for coming out into the real world and, <laughs> and fucking saying. running her mouth, <laughs> saying all this shit about Captain Marvel, and she don't know fuck all. Sorry. That's like, that's like, that would be like if I came on to this show and like, hey guys, um, obviously Captain, uh, Captain America is the best, strongest, and most faithful freaking cat. Uh, we actually did know. an episode about that, so you're good. <laughs> yeah we well that's but but for my example is you know i'm coming on as you know i'm no i'm no professional at marvel dc or superheroes i am exactly what the audience is i am them average i am the average listener who wants to learn more wants to know more and maybe even some of the uh, listeners are actually thinking like man this guy doesn't really know half the stuff that i know which is great because the more and more that we as an audience and as, as a host, uh, at least for me, get to listen together, we're just going to learn more and more uh, every single di- every single time. No, I mean, well, first off, you came to the right place. Yes, yes. <laughs> so between yeah, my DC knowledge and Steve's Marvel and the little bits on the opposite <laughs> sides that we know. Yeah, I mean, none of us here claim to be pros at anything we don't know it all but we will absolutely do our research to figure it all out so none of us are ultron yes correct with that being said that's our perfect segue into what if ultron won so this touches on if the program was never stopped that ultron was going to be uploaded into what we now know as vision's body so jarvis never gets recreated never takes over the vision body and Ultron basically becomes a fucking Wakandan nightmare because he is made of vibranium, comes out fucking swinging heavy with an infinity stone bolted into his head. And here we are, <laughs> you know, he, he goes to fucking Avengers Tower and literally fucking rips Thanos in half. Like not mm-hmm. even, not even a Doesn't question. Think about it. Yeah. And I think this is what you were talking about with the vision being underutilized and it is solely because vision is ultra no no vision is too good well yeah vision himself we're not talking ultron vision we're talking regular mc falls in the captain marvel spectrum of they can't use captain marvel because it's like with dc you have all this shit that goes on in Gotham where most of them are just people with PhDs. Why don't the Flash and Superman literally just spend 30 seconds running through the entire city collecting all the criminals and just arrest them all at once? Yep. Because it's too OP. Yeah. And, and I think that's, <laughs> you know, one of the big things 
Vision himself, I don't think that he's OP. I think that he believes that he is too good to be used in any sort of manner in which he's being used. So not only is Ultron one of the most intelligent beings on Earth, and I say beings because he's not a human, he's a humanoid android, but the precision that he has, the ability to think faster than lightning. He had, I mean, Christ, he has Barry Allen's thought processes and precision of the fucking green arrow. But the second that Thanos walks out of that portal with, by the way, five infinity stones, and we'll, we'll talk on that, you know, in a minute. Boom, right in half. He does not wait for Thanos to open his mouth. He does not wait for Thanos to create a plan. Thanos views him as a fucking non-threat. You are a tiny, puny, human-looking thing. Ta-da. I'm going to fucking wreck you. And guess what? He gets his shit ripped open. Straight in half, perfectly balanced, as all things should be. (laughs) No, like, for real. I really, really love what they're doing with Ultron, and I'm so happy to finally see him be the big bad that he needed to be. Like, yes, he got an Avengers movie, but... I mean, that movie, honestly, like it was about Ultron, but the purpose of that movie was more so to set up like Wanda and Vision than it was for them to stop Ultron, I felt. Like going back now and watching it, now that I see like how the whole plan is unfolding between Wanda Vision, between Civil War, where they were kind of on opposite sides, but like Ultron is like a real deal now and like i said the only gripe i had with this whole episode was the fact that they're just kind of doing whatever they want now with the infinity stones now i'm going i made up my own theory for this just so i could actually like enjoy and not let this one little detail ruin everything for me and it's that with all six stones ultron can rewrite the reality that they only work in his reality so that's the way that's what i'm rocking with it's probably not true. There's probably some actual thing. But for me, Ultron rewrote reality so that he can use them outside and whoop the Watcher's ass. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Another thing I, I did like, and it's one of those controversial type things, like the armor that he creates is essentially he just... The puts, Ultron. Yeah, he just puts on his old Ultron body, which I thought was kind of cool. I also... Super confused because Gamora was at the fight on Xandar and the Soul Stone was already had. So my theory and Nebula. Yep. Is the Nebula that we met in the Star Lord T'Challa episode, who is like Thanos' favorite child because they're like best friends, is the one that got killed. That's my only justification for this because someone has to die. Either that or Gamora sacrifice nebula to get the soul stone before Thanos, thanos and then ended up giving it up in the long run anyway to sick like to save her life or to save peter quill's life because they still love each other i i need like you said i need a justification for it i i think they're getting a little too <laughs> willy-nilly with this shit and i'm cool with it because like it's visually impressive and it's fun to watch but yeah there's a lot of like gap area in there where i'm like all right cool like how the fuck did he get the time stone like did Stephen Strange is fucking just rolling around the universe. Where the fuck did he get the time stone from? Yeah, that's true. Like, is this, are they on the same plane as the, uh, and if they are, the TVA is a fucking joke because the stones aren't supposed to work outside of their universe or their timelines. So like, what the fuck is going on? 
So exactly. my theory with as far as just the time stone is that Ultron probably wiped pretty much everybody out. So honestly, Thanos probably just walked in and took it. There's probably nobody there. Yeah, and I'm I'm cool with that. Now the Soul Stone, that is one that I, like I said, I was on the same lines with you with the Nebula theory. But for the time stone, I feel like that would be a lot easier to acquire because he probably just strolled in and was like, Oh, everybody's dead. Yeah, I guess. I just I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh yeah, I'm it was one of those confusing things. Again, I'm sure that the MCU, if you sat down with uh any of the people that wrote this episode, they could explain it away. But yeah, it's one of those things where it was a head scratcher when I saw it. And I was like, okay, he's got five. That that's cool. And I was like, wait, hold on. Where the fuck are we? We're at Age of Ultron. Like, this is way early. So he's he must have started this fucking forever ago. Okay, all right. You know, where are these people coming from? And then the Soul Stone was there, and then Nebula wasn't. So that was my, you know theory because and that's the thing too like if it is age of ultron there's no guardians yet so correct gamora wouldn't even have been with them she still would have been with thanos and she would have been loyal to him so correct it's not far-fetched that she would kill gamora they're not like friends yet at this point i I don't know about that because when they when age of ultron when ultron went and you know what was the city that uh that he went on with the the bat through the batteries it was the beginning of uh guardians of galaxy 2 what was the uh name of that city um oh uh, where they're fighting the anim or the uh the tentacle thing with the gold right people. i forget, I, forget. I know what you're talking about well i know what it, you're talking about though in this episode it shows them right there right you know peter quill right on the uh on basically the tarmac of that city you know f- probably getting ready to fight that tentacle thing and he dies right there and so does actually i want to say actually gamora was there i think i I actually gamora will be back because they in the trailer there was the event the avenger shot but instead of like the avengers it was like gamora probably probably strange supreme um and i think there was like one or two other people but gamora is one of them and what I think the Watchers doing now is taking from all these episodes, going back and grabbing individual people. So I'm wondering if like maybe that Hank Pym will be one of the people he grabs, maybe Strange Supreme, maybe Gamora, probably Thor. I like, want him to build yeah. the fucking the like ragtag Avengers. <laughs> That's what I really think it's going to lead up to. And they're going to be the ones that fight Ultron because Avengers with no rules is what it's what it's all about. Which yep. is you can segue right into the how awesome was that freaking uh, Ultron busting through the multi uh, universe finally finds the Watcher and they just go to town. They just go to town with that fight and it was that. a big eye opener to that. Hey, wow, this Watcher he kind of lost. I mean, he really did kind of lose. I say kind of. He did. He ran like a bitch. So yeah. Let, let me <laughs> ask you guys a question. Did you notice that? In so that we'll talk first episode. What if Captain Captain Carter were the first Avenger? The the Watchers sort of in the background, very like you know omnipresent being. He's sort of off in the distance. You really only see his eyes, a light outline of his head. Episodes two, three, four, five, six, and seven. He gets closer and closer and closer. You start to see more of his facial features. He's getting into the universe at this point i mean christ he's just barely in the sky dr strange even notices him well i was gonna say he comes face to face with strange supreme in his episode correct and he yells at him and then he peels back out 
But in the what if Ultron won, he's back to the silhouette. He's back to just the, the shining eyes. I think and there's I multiple think, watchers. Well, I don't, I'm not even saying that. I think this watcher in particular is fucking terrified. So he pulled the fight. Like you said, he, he turned tail and ran. But he got far enough back where he wouldn't be as easily noticed as the Doctor Strange episode. So he sort of like did his, you know, he got too close to realize that, his, you know, the water was hot or cold or, you know, whatever we're going to call it in this this universe. But like now he stepped back a little bit. Are the watchers now, Steve, I need your MCU notes. Are the watchers all knowing or they only know everything up to present? I believe they're all knowing. Uh, because so, he says at the beginning of the episode, now this story, it breaks my heart, which would mean he already knows the outcome of what's going to happen. So, but then we see Ultron go find him, whoop his ass, and then it ends with him going to Strange Supreme, asking for help. So I think a, a big thing in this is, and this is my understanding, you know, uh, for you listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. The Watcher basically views everything like a comic book. He can read through the pages, flip through the pages, go backward, and you'll see the, the Watcher's hand will wave through the screen, and you'll see it go forward and backward in time. And that's him basically running through the pages of existence. Now, I think this is sort of one of those, like, no one saw this coming. Even though he has read this book a million times, this is different. And I think that is what changed it, is the fact that the Infinity Stones were not supposed to work outside of their own universe. And I think that is something that sort of changed the, the landscape here. I was just thinking, and now I have a theory. Shoot. And this is kind of how my mind usually works. I just hear shit and then come up with shit. And then sometimes it makes sense. But hear me out. So earlier we talked about like absolute points. Uh-huh. And we obviously can tell that the Watcher at the end of the Thor episode was shocked by Ultron showing up with all the Infinity Stones. Yep. Do you think maybe Ultron was able to change a absolute point and that's why the Watcher was so caught off guard because he didn't think it was possible? But then... That's what I'm saying. Like, it's very possible that something changed. So... I don't know if, you know, again, we'll probably touch base on it in episode nine. What if the Watcher broke his oath? But I think a big thing here is obviously the Watcher's oath is that he's not going to interfere. We know that. Right. Like that is. And he has, that, well, he technically already has by fighting correct. Ultron. So, well, I mean, he didn't, he didn't want to fight Ultron. Ultron came looking for that heat, man. He came with his fists up, ready to fucking go. But no, but the fact that he engaged him as soon as he engaged him, it's kind of like I forget what it's called, but like when you're doing a scientific study and you can't interfere with correct, the yeah, study, the, but the technically by are, being yeah, but by being present, you're interfering with the study. It's like one yeah. of those type of situations. That's, that's a uh, what the hell is it? Conundrum? No. Oh my god, I was just using this terminology the other day. <laughs> uh, Schrodinger's cat. That's it. Schrodinger's cat theory that the the cat has poison food inside the box and if you open the box and the cat is dead you're the reason the cat died right. i get it um but i think that the watcher breaking his oath like what if the watcher broke his oath i think this is a huge aspect to this you know what if timeline i honestly i hope they keep doing what if episodes because you could realistically write them forever you can write them about i feel like there will be a season two they're better they're gonna be a season fucking 22 uh but actually i'm looking here there is 
I'm, I'm on the, the Marvel Universe wiki. There is a season two that just has yet to be filled out. So whatever. Uh, but if the Watcher breaks his oath and he wants to throw hands with Ultron, again, I think, like we said, he's going to sort of back off a little bit. He grabs Doctor Strange. He's going to grab a couple different characters. Hell, I'd like to see Spider-Man Supreme come in to play. Like, that'd be cool as shit. Get all those powerful people from the Peggy. timelines. Yeah, Peggy Carter as the Captain Carter. Like, all of those major people. Killmonger. Uh, I mean, fucking Hank Pym. Thor. Loki. Like, I think that would be fucking cool as shit to have all of these people combine and create, like, the, the Dirty Avengers. And then, uh, you know, beat the shit out of Ultron. I think it would be a cool theory. Pretty nice. What if? Right? Now, Mark, uh, brief, uh, brief uh, study for browsing uh, on the wiki. It says that, to go back to how many Watchers that you think there are, it says that there was actually three Watchers briefly right. seen in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, they're sitting there talking with Stan Lee. Yep. Yeah, or Stan Lee. Because that's so, where the Stan Lee was a Watcher theory came from, and that's how he could cameo in every single movie. Which would be awesome if that all ends, that Stan Lee was... Being canon? Yes, that would be awesome. Well, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I didn't mean to cut you off, go on. But that's what I was thinking. So I was curious if it was the same watcher just watching his own story, or is it a different watcher observing this one's story? Right. So that, 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 that would be pretty cool. question. Just because, like, the way he talked in like past tense, I was like, so he already knows the outcome and he already knows what happens because he says, this story breaks my heart. Well, how would he know it broke his heart if it hadn't happened yet? Correct. Oh, I think so. <laughs> yes, Go on. I think he knows it happened, but I think at this point, because he, the watcher's not allowed to change anything, he knows it's going to happen. So you just got to kind of let it happen. So, which uh, it's not if there is one, it's which one. I actually exactly. found, I found every single one uh, on this wiki, and there looks to be at least like 20 or 30 of them. Right. Like I know in the comics, they're, the watchers are kind of like the Council of Rick, to my understanding. Right. Like they kind of oversee everything. They make sure everything kind of flows. They're, they're essentially an omnipotent TVA. Yep. And yeah, basically right. it's like you watch this universe, you watch this universe, you make sure your shit don't go cray cray. We'll make sure ours don't and we'll meet up and have happy hour. Yep. And this one's dropping the ball everywhere. Yep. Unless he done fucked up. Yeah, I was going to say, unless every episode's in a different universe, and it's like all different Watchers, so now we're, we've seen so far like eight different Watchers. Well, probably, which, actually. Yes and no, because like again, if it was a different Watcher, how would he know about Strange Supreme? Right. Falls upon Strange Supreme. So I, I want to say that it's all the same, at least for this. I think there are different Watchers, but I think like this He's... was the guy that they were like, alright, you tell the story. We're going to go do our own thing for a little bit, but you hang out, you tell the story about what happened. And like, he's telling the story and he is like progressively fucking it up worse and worse every time he <laughs> gets closer, which I, it would be a cool twist of fate here, I guess would be the easiest way to put it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm hyped to see like where they take it from here with Ultron and everything. I know that there's like a trailer out. I don't watch trailers for the TV shows because I can be patient. I can wait a week. So it's, a week. it's tomorrow, buddy. No, but I'm saying the 
the thing came out, I think on like Friday yeah. or like Saturday. They do like a pre, they did like a preview type, John. Gotcha. But All right. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to, I can't wait to see what the series finale brings, what season two brings. Cause like you said, it's slated and there's a lot of characters that might be coming over to the MCU in that wait. time that could be included in this what if series, especially since in the comics, there's all different kinds of storylines. There's what if the Hulk wasn't the monster? Uh, what if Bruce was? What if the Punisher worked for S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like there's, there's a million some... what ifs. They, they, they did them for years, and I'd like mm-hmm. to see them bring a lot of those to life. I uh, would like to see a continuance on the zombie universe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, cool. I mean, you're going to end showing like zombie. You end it showing a zombie Thanos, but like you don't you're not going to go anywhere with that. Like that's kind of a kind of a little tease. But yeah, absolutely. Well, so, I think that's a that'd be a pretty good wrap up right there. What do you guys think? That's uh, we're going to be seeing it tomorrow. The what if he breaks his oath? So we'll see what uh, what, what comes of that. What do you think, guys? Uh, I'm absolutely ready for it. We will keep everyone here updated as we get our information, as we all watch the episode, and we can sort of give you our full season breakdown. Now, obviously, we gave you guys episode three through eight here. I know it was a lot of information to digest, but thanks for always giving us a listen. Uh, as always, guys, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Something Super Podcast. On Twitter at SS Podcast 52 on all of your major streaming apps. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And thank you, Anchor, for hosting us. To wrap it all up, I'm Steve. I'm Mark. And I'm your new host, John. And guys, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>